the project. Kuwait. Learn. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to this episode of the Project Kuwait. Who did we have on the show, Maddie? We had Rob Scalacci and Haya, who just stole my intro, apparently. <laughs> um, Rob came back on. Do you want to continue, Haya? I do want to continue. Because you know what? So many people come up to us and say, why is it my program working? Why am I not reaching my goals? I'm not feeling motivated. So Rob comes in and breaks down the five programming mistakes that could be hindering your progress. I think one of the best parts of this episode is when he talks about the program hopper. I think everyone has done that at one point in their athletic career. So it's really good because we get into some deep conversation. He talks about a lot of the gimmicky bullshit that you see around, and that's my favorite part. And I love the fact that his new programming company is called No Magic Pill because... Let's face it, there really is no magic diet pill. There is no magic workout pill. You got to put in the hard work and get in some good programming. Exactly. And that's why my biggest takeaway is that consistency is key. And in my opinion, I mean, Scalacci's the man when it comes to like gimmicky bullshit. And I just, <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love this episode because we, we hit it on it real hard. And, you know, it was just a good takeaway, especially for some athletes. So enjoy. If you guys have any questions at all, DM us. We can pass them on to Rob or just head over to No Magic Pill Programming on Instagram. It'll and be check on the show out. notes. All this and more in today's episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the project and we've got a special episode you're going to get to meet someone from behind the scenes and the fittest man in kuwait 2018 is back on the show with a little bit of a surprise right there rob i mean you're gonna, you're gonna second time on yeah you're really? gonna throw out some big news too right oh magic yeah. pill yeah 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 new programming coming out from myself nmp programming so something trying to help people with their programming trying to help reach out to their fitness goals and uh, trying to achieve that rather than people if they're like a bit caught up in all like the cookie clutter that you can easily get mixed up in with like on Instagram, especially there's so much stuff out there, you can get pretty lost in it. So hopefully we can help steer you in the right direction and help people reach the goals that they're looking to hit. That's pretty cool. So I mean, I've, times. I've, I've been a customer of yours for about yeah, a year. Yeah, true, so, true. You know, I can't tell too much. Unless you're willing <laughs> to sponsor the show. <laughs> well, we can talk after. <laughs> All right, we'll figure great. something out. And then we've also got, from behind the scenes, Haya is joining us for this episode. She runs the project, so you know Haya. Yeah, yeah. Also a client of yours. This is it, yeah. That's, That's true. Hi, well. everybody. So this episode is not biased at all. <laughs> this episode is totally not biased. We're going to talk about the top five programming mistakes, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what you came in to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Things we see or things I've seen, not in any specific order, but things that uh, you'll see or you may even done ourselves in the past as we're growing up that are simple mistakes that if you think about it, like, yeah, that is actually quite a big thing. And that is probably what could be hindering your own fitness results or the goals that you're trying to achieve. That could be why you're not doing it or getting where you want to be. So as a coach, how painful is it when you see some of the clutter on Instagram, on Facebook and various social media, these gimmicky programs, yeah. so to speak? I mean, how painful is it? Because I know I see it. It's yeah, there is a long time you have to just cringe your teeth. Always first question is why? Why are you doing this? Like, what is this even achieving? What is achieving for the clients? What is your goals doing this crazy exercise or this unnecessary stuff to uh, what's so-called fitness or health related. But really, it's almost just like, I call it just like a fluff training, like 
almost like it's just filling the space of the training session, just stuff chucked in. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. It's, okay, just chuck it in. It looks good. So it can be very frustrating at times to be like, oh, that's such a waste because you could be doing something else that could be so much more beneficial and actually improve you or that client what they actually need to be doing. It can be very frustrating, very yeah. frustrating to see. Well, I mean, the number one, the number one question I think for most clients is how can I lose weight? I think that's, that's, that's the number one yeah, thing yeah, across big... the fitness industry is people will come up to you. You'll get the rarities of, Hey, I'm an athlete. How can I get better? Yeah. How can I improve my squad? I mean, like, Hey, I came in and she said, Hey, what'd you say? You... I said, I wanted strength. Yeah. And you Which built awesome. upon that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what we, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what we did. Yeah. There was no, no magic or special exercises that we did. We just firstly looked at basically what was your base or what we were working with. And then we built on that with simple compound movements. Mm-hmm. We worked on weakness areas or weakness muscles with accessory work. And lo and behold, you're squalling a fair bit of weight and deadlifting a fair bit of weight now. And that's what I love about your program is that on the outside, it looks so simple, but it is so effective. Yeah. And every time we found a weak point, we've spent so much time working on it through the accessory work. Yeah. And it's no magic pill yeah, and it's, it's nothing crazy. It's almost, yeah, like no brainer. Like you're only as strong as your weakest link. So if that's holding you back, why wouldn't you address that? Yeah. Why would you just keep like, oh, forget about it because I'm doing really good. My squats are really well, but it's only good at this point. Mm-hmm. Well, why can't we take it to the next step? Why can't we add the extra 10 pounds or five pounds that you're looking to do? Yeah. And it could be, oh, I'm struggling bracing or like I'm struggling with my quad strength. So, okay, let's take a step back. Let's address these weaknesses and then let's build it back up again. Yeah. And that's why we can hit new PRs and new goals each time, mm-hmm. which is a lot of fun to see as well. A lot of fun to do. Yeah, exactly. A lot of fun to do. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. So with the weight loss people now, what would you say to them? I mean, when, if they come to you, is that a client that you take on or is that a client? Yeah, you I, I, I'm very curious yeah, to that question because I know what kind of a coach you are. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, first of all, and first and foremost, it's we can do the best or we can have the most well-detailed, thought-out training program there is. We can go into every single detail of training in the gym, what we do. But if you go home and you're ordering off carriage or you're crushing back Ben and Jerry's ice cream every night, don't expect any results to come from that. So when it's our oh, weight loss and fat loss as well, what's your nutrition like first? Because yeah. if that's not dialed in first, then this isn't going to help. This isn't really going to, okay, maybe it gets, don't get me wrong, you're being a little bit more active, fantastic. But it could be even better because you've decided, okay, I'm not going to eat out every night. I've gone from eating out let's say five days a week to just three days a week. Fantastic. Now let's start building on these little habits that you're starting to build from. Eating a bit more of a uh, healthier, nutritious, dense breakfast rather than just coffee and a bagel and I'm off to work. So these sort of things need to be in place first for fat loss and weight loss rather than, okay, I need to go to gym. Keep going to the gym. I'm going to do two PT sessions a day now. I'm going to go in the morning and the evening. Fantastic. But what are you doing outside of that for your weight loss? Totally understandable. Tell me where yeah. I can get a good bagel in Kuwait. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I'm still bagel. looking for one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's dive straight into it. So what do you got for number one, man? I mean, that's uh, what I'm interested in. We brushed a little bit of, on this topic and you know, I was like, all right, I can't wait to get into this. So what's number one, man? Uh, like I say, no general order, but the first one is uh, the program Hopper. The guy that goes from one program to another to another, it runs it for two weeks, three weeks, or like likes what he saw in week one and two. And then week three is like, Oh no, I saw something else. So let's go on this one. Like the, the shiny object syndrome almost. Rather than, let's say this program's eight weeks, 12 weeks, but you did two weeks. What, what happened? What happened to the other six weeks? Oh no, I just started something else. Okay, why? 
oh, I liked what I saw, but then aren't you doing this? Don't you, when you get specifically better at this program that you started to? So why don't you sit out to the end, read the rewards of that, and then let's start something new again. And uh, that can be a frustrating time from a, like a coach to a client as well. If I was to give out a program for a specific client that wants to get, let's say, stronger in their squats and we're squatting three times a week and they come in week two and we're looking at their programming or their feedback and it's like, okay, you only squatted twice. You did one. What did you do on the other days? Oh, I went out running with my friend or, oh, I joined in a spin class instead. I mean, great. It's fantastic. You've been active and stuff, but isn't our goal here to get that squat up? So why don't we stick with that and stay focused on that instead? What do you think prompts people to hop from program to program? Oh, many things. Instagram. <laughs> that's right? the number one thing yeah. yeah that's a good one dude yeah sometimes it's hard for people to maybe stay on that or run the course when things get tough or when the results aren't there every single week or like i said it's like oh this is getting like hard now or i don't want to stay with it i want to go do something else it's like that's the area where you need to stay with it and push through that then then rewards that hard bit will come through later on in the cycle mm-hmm. or later on in the programming so it's almost as if they want that instant gratification yeah and when they don't see it then they think, okay, right, maybe I if I, new. yeah, yeah. I think every, everyone's had it where they've had tough days or they've been in the gym and they're like, oh man, this day sucks. I don't know what's going on. This isn't working. Something's not working. Something's not right. And you think maybe is it what I'm doing? Do I need to do something different? Do I need to add more? Do I need to take more away? But it's like just like run the course. What you're on, stay in your lane. Keep doing what you're doing, and it will eventually get you there. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you get people, mostly, I mean, I've, I was a program hopper at one point. I really was. And it was just because, you know, you, you get into a program, you're there for two, three weeks, you don't see the result. Yeah. It's like, all right, well, why am I not getting stronger? Okay, maybe I need to try this. Yeah. Maybe I need to try that. All right, why am I not getting cut? Because I'm not getting this. Yeah. But if I had stayed the course, yeah. like my first, the first program I did was Athlete X. And that was three or four years ago. Yeah, yeah. And it was the one program I stayed on for the whole 90 days, yeah. lived by it, ate by it, everything. Yes. Yeah, to a T. And lo and behold, like it worked magic. Yeah, and if you actually think how long two weeks is in the actual grand scheme of things, it's nothing. Yeah. 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 Not really much is going to happen during that two weeks, but it's the six, the eight, 10, 12 weeks that you kept on, was consistent with it, is where it all starts to show. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing with weight loss, too. Massively. Weight, weight loss, loss yes. and with strength. Yeah. I mean, both are going to come with weight loss. If you're losing, you know, like five kilos in a month, you're not doing it in a very healthy fashion. No. When same thing with putting weights on the bar. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I can tell you specifically from my own personal like journey with weight loss that when I was at my heaviest, it wasn't like, okay, now tomorrow I want to drop right down. It was just, I want to do it gradually maintaining like basically the lean muscle mass that I've already built from all this, but drop body fat and it's going to take time. And it didn't, it wasn't like a two week or a three week transformation. It was a two year, three year journey of doing that finding what works out for me because unfortunately there isn't no magic magic pill as say but this magic <laughs> how many plugs program, are, how, know, right? how many, how many right plugs are we going to get in here <laughs> but there's this no magic program that or this one size fits all for everyone that is okay oh you just oh, I want to lose weight oh, okay you just do this mm-hmm. it's okay yes you need to be in a calorie deficit and you need to think you're eating and your timing but also you need to be thinking about how's your sleep what's your stress like how are you managing all these other things are you drinking enough are you actually being active enough throughout the day to actually get these results that we're looking for? That one hour gym session that you did, fantastic, but what are all the things you're doing around that? So what are some keys to, let's say, motivating a client to keep them on track and keeping faith within the program? I mean, personally, 
I'm a client. I've been a client of yours for yeah. a while. And at the beginning, I was skeptical. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was very skeptical. Yeah. And then, you know, I came back to you and I was like, all right, you know, this isn't working. You're just like, believe in the process, stick with the process, yeah, yeah. stick with it. You know, luckily I see you train. So yeah. I get to see that part That's of it. Nice thing, yeah. And later on, I saw the results. Yeah. So what could you offer other coaches to, you know, the newer coaches yeah. that yeah. need some, you know, tools in their belt so that they can keep their clients motivated? Yeah. I always think, first of all, trying to find out the client's why. Why are they doing this? Why did you hire me? Why did you come to me with these goals or this this idea or this plan that you wanted to work towards? And then try to always show them where did they come from? Where did, like for you here, for instance, mm-hmm. we started with an empty barbell, yeah. working on squats. And then just this other day, we hit 235 pounds for reps. And then next week, you could be like, oh, I don't think my strength's coming along. Or I've, oh, this is like, this is really bugging me. Like, oh, I don't think I'm going anywhere. I was like, hold on a minute. Mm. Not too long ago, we was only on a 45 pound bar or a 35 pound bar. And now we've built up over time working on our technique, our progressions, and we've built strength in that. And same with weight loss as well. We can say, well, you wanted to lose 30 pounds, but look, we've already lost five pounds. So if we keep going the way we're going, we're going to reach that goal. Not, I need to lose 30 pounds tomorrow. No, we're going to do it gradually, step by step, and it's going to stay off. It's not going to be where you lost it within this six-week, 12-week shred. But then after week 12, week 15, oh, I'm five pounds heavier again. Week 20, okay, I'm, I'm 10 pounds heavier again. What's going on? Well, why? Stay the course, take it. Small steps, small progressions will get you there. And it will, will maintain as well, rather than just a complete drop off again. That's what we don't want to see. That's the most important thing. Yeah, I exactly. Mean, it's, it's just stay in the course. You yeah. Know? It's, it's the toughest part. And it's, it's with definitely. everything in life. You know, staying yeah. the course on something is so difficult, especially when you have to put in the time and you have to put in yeah. the work. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one thing you always remind me. You're like, well, depends how much effort you put into it. That's how hard yeah, it's going to be. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. And that, yeah. that's even when like, I'm talking like class, if you come class, like it doesn't look very hard. No, it doesn't have to be hard. It's as hard as you make it as well. And how much effort you put in is how much reward you're going to get back. So you can take it real slow, real easy. That's fantastic. But then don't start whining and whinging to us or like complaining and moaning, I'm not getting where I want to be. Well, maybe take a look why you're not doing that, why you're not getting where you want to be. That's cool. All right. So what, what else we got there? I think that was a good lead into you. Next I think we ran in quite well, yeah. Although I have to say in terms of like effort, man, dude. Yesterday, I did, I, I did my workout. That kicked my ass, man. You put the work in. <laughs> I kicked my ass. But I do have to say one thing about having a good coach and when it comes to the programming also, and I should have thrown this in earlier. I wrote it down, but <laughs> um, is knowing where you are in the journey also. Yeah. You know, I think some people get confused of when they do have that off week after a tough loaded week. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that's a tough part yeah. in the journey. So That, that, that actually fits quite nice is uh, not actually taking rest days yeah. and not actually getting some rest in. Like there was quite a good post pull up on Instagram that I actually had to repost was where some people, and I, people said, uh, my recovery, I'm just going to go for a 5K run for my recovery. And it's like, what? <laughs> not a rec- that doesn't sound like recovery yeah. to me. Like, yeah, sure, you took it as a gentle jog or whatever, but it's still putting stress on the body. Mm-hmm. It's still putting stress on you. Maybe you went for a 5K walk. Fantastic. That's a bit more like it stretched out got moving but uh, yeah people thinking more is better and more of whatever don't always want to refer back to crossfit but it's definitely big in the crossfit community where it's like okay i need to do one more metcom one more workout i need to do one more one more one more and it's like that's great that you've got that ambition and that drive to do more but is it one more of quality or is it just one more of quantity yeah because if you're just half ass and it just ticking the box okay i did that workout I got like three rounds. Cool. But what if you took today off, 
come in tomorrow and did it. You got five rounds. For instance, okay, well you've done way better. You've pushed yourself that way bit harder rather than just like crawling through this workout, just beating yourself down and down. And like, don't forget that rest is where you actually adapt and build and recover from all the work you're doing. So if you're trying to build a house, why do you keep tearing it down? And it's the same thing with the body. It needs time to rest and recover and adapt. And that's what happens with training. We need to adapt to our training stimuluses. Well, that's where the rest comes into play. That's where it's so important. Yeah, it's not stressful, but annoying to hear sometimes with like uh, athletes or guys can program. And it's like, you took a rest day and it's like, no, I went in and I maxed out my squat. <laughs> that sounds what? familiar. Yeah, yeah that's not <laughs> me. That's not me at all. That is. Well, I maxed not out me my deadlift, all, and it's like definitely not me at all. <laughs> all right, fantastic. I was like, yeah, I got a PR, and it's like fantastic. Like we were sort of building you up for a PR, so yeah, fantastic. But how do you feel now? Oh, I'm trashed. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm injured. It's like, oh, okay. Well, unfortunately, because you keep adding more stress to the body and you're not resting and recovering, then unfortunately, something's going to break, and this is where the injuries do come to play. Now, with your methods, you usually use like a deload week, right? Yeah. You use the deload week, whereas some other methods will have a complete off week or complete four days off that are built into the program. Yeah, yeah, so. so, you know, like out of Exos, when I did my cert with them, it was for every month you did of training, you'd get so many days off. And then yeah. it was the periodization, yeah. you know, the old approach of periodization, yeah. where if you went like two months straight with only a couple of days here and a couple of days there with the weekends, you'd get like a week off. Yeah. So you get in those blocks. Now, you go with the deload week. So why? Just out of I, curiosity. You can definitely vouch for this beforehand where that third week, especially if you've been putting the work going hard, that third week, I never even heard you come in and be like, man, I feel trash. Well, man, I need to like, I feel like I need to like turn it down a little bit. And it's like, well, fantastic because next week it's your deload week. Yeah. So we're going to drop down the, the, the intensity of the weight. We're not going so heavy. Or we're not building up to such high percentages or such heavy lifts. We're going to drop that weight down a bit, but we can still work on technique. We can still move. We can still sweat. So the volume may not be there in terms of weight or total tonnage or like what we're moving, but we're still keeping our technique and our movements crisp. Like personally, if I took a whole week off, firstly, that'd be terrible, <laughs> but I would come back the next day and or that next week and I would just feel so sluggish Yeah, and it would probably yeah. take me another week to get the ball rolling again, but I can still keep my squat where it is. And keep it moving well, but I can dial in some time on technique or I can work on my other skills in that week. So it's a nice time just to back off that, do some other stuff that we may not always get a chance to do or can't always fit in. So you can work on other areas of your training in that time as well, but also give your central nervous system a bit of a rest as well, because it can only take so much. I mean, people will say, oh, I can just max out every day or I can lift every, every single day. Keep going for it. Keep doing it. But it's going to come to a point where you can't go that any further. And it needs some time to rest and recover. So that's why a deload week is really important to get in. It doesn't have to be every four weeks. It can be sometimes five or six weeks. It depends what, yeah, whatever the program's looking like or going with. Especially like if you like you as well, like pushing that master's category, that fourth week, and you set yourself quite a nice area just to bring in. That fourth week. Bring that, that fourth week is gold. Yeah, bring, them, bring that weight down. Let <laughs> you recover a little that bit. That fourth week yeah. is gold for me. But I mean, then you get the flip side of some other trainers that say, no, there are guys that come back stronger after a full week off. Yeah. I, I would yeah. say that depends on the person. Individually, 100%. It's, 100%. you know, it's an individual thing. Yeah. Like I know if I take three days off in a row and I go back to the gym and I'm squatting, for instance, I know I'm going to squat way yeah. more weight than what I was doing probably the previous week. But it depends on the person. I mean, personally, I like the idea of staying more crisp and sharp with yeah. just a deload week because you stay into your skills. Yeah, you stay active and you're still moving. Like I said, you don't get like 
stiff or just feeling a little bit sluggish after that week of doing nothing. Makes sense. Oh, that so it's makes nice to still sense, move yeah. around, get a bit of a sweat on. And I like the fact that I can work on the technique. Like, so when I work on my deadlifts, when I'm at my deload week, I'm thinking, okay, work on knees, pushing from the ground, speed. Yeah. And it's not just, okay, I have to more weight, more weight. Yeah, no, yeah. no, it's I think, time to focus. Yeah. And I think, I think like everyone's guilty of, rather than worrying about the movement, they're always worried about the weight. Yeah. It's simple. It's so easy to get caught up in that. Mm-hmm. I think everyone's guilty of sometimes, like especially the world, the uh, time we're in now where everything's going on Instagram and everyone's got to see, like if you didn't PR every single week, something's wrong. But it's nice to drop the weight down and work on your technique and positions because then later on, it will pay off again. Yeah. It will pay off into them when you do get to them higher weights or them big lifts. It shows. Oh, it definitely makes sense. I mean, I, I listen to your advice. <laughs> at times, at times. No, no. Yesterday, I when going, I'm around. No, no, I was going to deadlift yesterday. It was right after I did my snatches, right after I yeah. did my clean. So I go to the deadlift. And I'm like, wow, 400. This is tough to get off the ground. I'm like, well, wait a minute. What would my coach say? Yeah. All right, well, you just snatched and you just did heavy cleans. Obviously, your deadlift's going to be heavy. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, you're already taxed. Yeah. So, I mean, it's good to have that in the back of your head as an athlete, too, that when you're not pulling as much weight, there's reasons for it. Yeah. And you got to check yourself you know, yeah. before you wreck yourself. I've always wanted to use that phrase. <laughs> it couldn't be true though. So the third point then. Which fits in nicely to not maxing out every day. When <laughs> workouts are more on the strength side, but yeah, if you're building up, let's say you're working at percentages, let's say 70, 75%, where we're looking to work on our technique and build, uh, speed, or we're building up to a, a daily heavy or five reps or something. We're trying to build strength here. We're building. We're not testing. So we want to build our strength. It's written there for a reason. So you don't really have much. We shouldn't have any right going for that one rep max that week. And it sort of fits back to program hopping where all week two, I didn't PR. Yeah, well, of course not. Like we're, we're trying to build your strength up from here. So let's build it. Let's adapt to these new stimuluses, these new weights, this regrain our technique and our positions. So then we can push for that new one rep max that we're looking to hit rather than trying to push them to keep pushing, keep pushing, going to max out, going to max, going to max. What's happened? I busted my shoulder max now my bench press for the fourth time this week. Like, why? why? <laughs> it, it does surprise me. You see some guys in the gym and they're doing that and you're thinking, what do you think? Like, what is your process thinking this? That I'm going to, for the third time now, I'm going to max it out or I'm going to retry and push it. I can understand if you're in the testing phase or you're in a testing week and let's say you squatted on Monday and it was meant to be on a mass and you, you missed it or you just wasn't feeling good. So you're like, you know what? I'm just going to call it down. I'm going to come back maybe Thursday, Friday. I'm going to hit it again when I feel a little bit more refreshed or my head's a bit more in the game or whatever personal was going on that day. That's understandable. But not when you're doing it weekly, every week, every week. Because I say something's going to give and it's probably going to be where we're going to hit an injury. Yeah. Which again, which we don't want to see. I'm guilty of this because when I first started, I thought, okay, I am as strong as my one rep max. But then I was thinking, hey, I went from doing 185 for five to now 225 for five. And that's cool to see. Yeah. That the number of reps I'm doing and like the weight on there is increasing. Yeah. And it won't leave you so beat up as well, rather than that, that one, that central nervous system zombie feel where you just feel so spaced out yeah yeah definitely so when do you build in your testing phase for your athletes or when you build it into your programs i mean some advice for probably some other trainers out there well again it always always depends 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 unfortunately it's always going to be like 
styling the answer. But uh, unfortunately, some people don't think that. Yeah, <laughs> they just need exactly this is the answer. Yeah, they're just like I got one program. I'm going to have it for all my clients. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say if we're being real specific and we want to get the squall up, then we could test it in a six week intense intensive phase, or we could go eight or twelve weeks. Okay. But if we're looking more at the general overview, like for you, for instance, it's 12 weeks to nice get a real good long course of training and really build up that strength for you and let your CNS adapt to these new weights and get some good time to build new muscle mass, build in our technique with the heavier loads as well. Also mentally to get stronger as well. Yes, it's a physical, but it's also a mental side of lifting as well, massively. Like I've had in the past, and I'm sure many people have been guilty of this, where they've gone to unrack a bar or gone to lift a bar. And before they even lifted it, they've gone, I can't do this. And what happened? Oh, surprising, you didn't lift it. No, no wonder. <laughs> but if you go in with that mindset of, okay, well, three weeks ago, I had 225 for five. Well, 235 is going to fly up. Or mm. 245 is going to be a piece of cake because I know I've got that strength in reserve. I know I've done the work. I've put it in. This is going to be easy. I can show it off now. So that's where it comes into play. Yeah, like you need some time. They say like a good saying is like strength takes an age to build, but it stays for an age. So it takes the time to build up this hard work, but you keep it. It yeah. stays there. Like I think you've seen it most where you didn't deadlift for a long period, but then you came back and still heavyweight and still you're pretty yeah. close to your <laughs> I was, max. I was, I was on a deficit, like, dude. I was on, what's I was going on? on? Yeah, dude, I was on a deficit. And yeah. I hit 415 for three, I think. And I was like, holy shit, what the hell is going on here? Something <laughs> off is happening. Yeah. And hey, looks at me. She's like, yeah, that went up pretty easy. I was like, I know, it felt yeah. weird. <laughs> you, keep, yeah. <laughs> you know, but then yesterday, like third week into the program, after everything, still me hitting four hundred, I was happy with that. Yeah, and yeah, exactly, and it's, it's only like fifteen pounds. It's only a small bit off. Yeah, but again, it's everything else you've done. So it's nice to know you're around that ninety percent mark that you can move that heavy load. Yeah, being fatigued too. That, I mean, yeah, that pretty just, fatigued as well. Makes it's sense. like I, I got you in the back of my head when I'm lifting that. But then it's nice for you to know that that when you let's say if you go to a competition and there is. For instance, a one rep max deadlift, you know that, okay, when I felt fatigued, I had, I was in my, like, I had third week of training, I was feeling fatigued, I couldn't wait for that deal, I can still pull 400 regardless of how I feel. And I know that's in the tank regardless of the day, regardless how I feel, that weight's coming up. Yeah. And that's where, you know, you've built up that strength and that strength reserve, which is nice to have. Makes a big difference, yeah. No, definitely, man. Where are we on to with number four? Number four? Yeah, number four. Rocking out the the big mistakes here, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not following the program. So, 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 wait a minute. So is there a mistake of taking on the wrong client? I know you wanted to fire me. Time good, time yeah. again. Well, we're only five, so I don't get so many in. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just not following the program. Okay. <laughs> that has to be one of the, not biggest mistakes, but just, it's like you have this program you're paying for, you've had this consultation, you've uh, put all this time and effort. Someone's like built all this programming for you to work around it. And then it's like, here it is. Okay, let's get going. Okay, week three, what happened? I just fancy doing something else this week. <laughs> like, why? Like, I can understand that maybe, okay, I went to go do something with my buddies one day or I went to go just veer off a little bit. Okay, that's fine. I understand it and everybody needs that. And sometimes that's better. You do sometimes get that extra push just being with a group. And this goes over to the CrossFit side again where when you throw down with a group, you do get that little bit of an extra like adrenaline rush, that little extra push that sometimes you won't always get on your own. But let's say, for instance, that we're trying to like a, increase your overhead press work or like your biggest weakness is like your shoulder strength and pressing work. So it's in your program for like three times a week. You're hitting it hard. But for some reason you decided, I'm just going to deadlift with my friends instead and max out my deadlift. Or I'm just going to do that leg session that my friend did. Fantastic. Cool. But how is this getting you towards your goals that you've come to us? You've come to me specifically trying to attack. 
Yeah. Then there's a little bit, okay, now we need to take a step back, address that, and let's push that week back another week. So now we're one week behind. Okay, now two weeks down there, what happened again? Oh, I did like, I went out, I couldn't be bothered this week. Okay, so now we're two weeks, now we're three weeks, now we're five weeks, now we missed a whole month. What are you doing? It feels like the biggest takeaway here is that consistency is just key. 100%. That's it. It's just be consistent and be patient. And Maddie and I were talking about this the other day, where someone had to do what, like 50 wall balls and only did 25 with nobody watching. And it shouldn't matter if somebody's watching or not. Because if you don't do the full program, you're not going to progress. And no. and it's going to show. Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah, if you're serious about this and you then you want to go to competitions or something, that's where you can showcase and show off your hard work. Mm-hmm. Well, if you haven't done it and you come in to competition, it's like, well, what happened? Like, you said you were doing all this, so putting all that in, and now it's not there. What's, what's going on? Yeah. You need to take a step back and look, okay, am I really all in? Am I actually really pulling in the work? Mm-hmm. And yeah, am I being consistent with it? Because a lot of people don't want to do the boring stuff. Unfortunately not. The boring accessory work. Because I remember when you and I were first working on pull-ups. Yeah. And it was just, it was a hang. Yeah. And we did that for what? A good month? Yeah. Hanging. Or just negative. negative and they're so, unfortunately, they are boring. Yeah. Ring rows, ring yeah. roll and hold. Mm-hmm. Oh and, my God, dude. <laughs> yeah, but it's these little the stories things. go on. With yeah. You. yeah. <laughs> but these sort of little things are building the pyramid yeah. so we can get to the top where mm-hmm. we want to hit that pull up. Yes. And now look, now you're doing it weighted. With, yeah. We can do it with what? 17 pounds, 20 pounds on us. Yeah. Which is crazy to think we went from, you see, a dead hang. Mm hmm to doing negative pull-ups, to doing ring rows or all these different areas to strengthen your body. Yeah. And also, we didn't just chuck a load of bands on and look, oh, look, you're kind of doing mm-hmm. the pull-up movement. So you'll get it in a couple of weeks, couple yeah. of months. We build up progressions. We build up slowly. We took time. We got stronger. And now look what happens. Oh, we're now doing the goal that we set out to do, mm-hmm. which is pull-ups. But now we're doing it in abundance because now we can add weight to us. You can pretty much do strict chest-to-bar pull-ups. And mm-hmm. what's the next? Well, maybe a muscle-up or whatever push is next. Well, yeah, I have to do more than that. Right, eh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I heard about the muscle yeah. thing. Right? All right, she can't keep a secret, out, dude. Yeah. I, I heard about yeah. it. You're teaching my wife how to do a muscle up. <laughs> just trying to show me up. Yeah. What's up with that, dude? Come on, man. But see, that's another thing that I appreciate. Nice surprise. <laughs> <laughs> that's another thing I really appreciate about your programming is the fact that you listen. And that yeah. when I say, I can't feel my lats, I don't know how to activate yeah. them. So then we, we start isolating them yeah, within the Yeah, let's take a step program. back. Yeah. Yeah. Let's address that. And I, that's a, a massive part of, right, let's say you want to muscle up. Well, you don't just go do a muscle up. You don't just start swinging around on the bar thinking, oh, I'll get in a minute. Yeah. Why don't we take a step back and address the strengths and weaknesses that we need to get that? Can you do a strict pull-up? Mm-hmm. Can you do a strict dip? Can you do a strict chest bar pull-up? And all these areas of strength and skill and transition work can build up so then you can get that bar muster and you can keep it and then you can build on it Yeah. rather than you got that not that one ugly muscle up that you just about like ranched over on top of the bar. Everyone's sort of like, oh, awesome, you got it. But everyone's like squinting their eyes thinking, geez, that's ugly. Yeah. <laughs> right? And then like, it wasn't like, oh man, like a Ravi just came down. <laughs> but uh, then it's the cool thing. And okay, now you're stringing three, five, seven, ten into your workouts or with your skill work. That's the cool thing to see. Yeah. You progress from looking at the bar, thinking almost like, there's no way I can do this. Or like, oh my God, to now, look, you don't even think about it. Yeah. Like, so we can do pull-ups, you just chalk up. Yep, okay, I'm in. I'm cranking them out. No big deal. Yeah. But yeah, but at least say it's the boring little things that build up for the bigger picture that you need to sort of run the course, stay consistent with, yeah. and it will show at the end. 
So realistically, right, most people want the crazy shit. They want to be hanging off the bar doing a bench press and like swinging their leg around with a 20 pound dumbbell on it or something. You know what I mean? So they want that stuff. They want to go into the gym and be beat up. They want their trainer to beat the crap out of them to the point where they're almost throwing up and they think it's a great workout. When in reality, that workout didn't do anything but kill your CNS. Yeah, or made you sick. Mm. So now how you feel tomorrow? I mean, I feel even worse. I mean, there was a story about, I forget her name. She was an athlete. She went and did one session of CrossFit. This was recent. It was a couple. Dana of, Bailey. Yes. It was a she couple. She didn't do one. To, <laughs> well, that's the story. It was poorly written. That, that was, yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah. that was what I heard. But yeah, she got rabbed out. She got rabbed out. And I'm just sitting, I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, when I heard that, I was like, dude, it was probably shitty programming. You probably went in way too hard. God knows what you were doing before yeah. that. Wait, can we give some background to people that have no idea what you're talking about? About what? That's like your job. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I brought you on for. I don't, I don't have William or Meg, so come on, jump in. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, I'm talking about the Dana Bailey story, CrossFit. Okay. Okay. She went and did a, what was it? One workout of CrossFit, I think. That's the story I read. She did a workout of CrossFit, got rhabdo, wrote about it, posted on Instagram. And it's like, come on. God knows what was built up to that or what yeah. she was doing the day before, the day before that. And well, like I said, I think more of that is like. down to, like you say, the programming. And I think I, I saw what she was doing like GHD sit-ups for like GHD sit-ups in a given time frame for like how many you can do in like, I think two or three minutes. She's an athlete. She's going to go hard at it. She went too hard. Yeah. yeah. She went, she's like, it's not her first time doing CrossFit. She's been in CrossFit for like quite a while now. She's like good friend with Brooke Hentz. They've been mm-hmm. doing a lot of CrossFit. So it's not like it was some big surprise to her. But I think it's more boiled down to just the program. And it was just too yeah. much, maybe too much too soon. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, something gave out. And it was, yeah, unfortunately, we had to go to the hospital because of it. I mean, but going back to it with the yeah. trainers and like but being yeah. their clients into the ground, that's what some people want. So realistically, what can trainers do or what? I can... think it first of all, it needs to boil down to, again, the quality versus the quantity. Just pumping exercise after exercise after exercise, looking at your client, they look like a zombie. They're just like flapping around during the session, not really accomplishing anything. And maybe sometimes you just take a step back and tell the client or something like, it's okay if we have a bit of a easier day, mm-hmm. but it's not. Maybe we can work on some techniques. Maybe we can work on our positions or like how we lift the bar or why we're lifting it like this, why we're thinking about engaging our lats, why we're bracing the core versus 100 miles an hour all day, every day, every session. Like I say, eventually you're going to just crash mm. and it's, you're not coming in every week. You're coming in, maybe you had to miss two, three weeks because you're so beat up or you got injured because of it. I mean, it's health and fitness. So you're meant to be staying healthy and also fit. <laughs> yeah. Not just fit, but also crashed and can't do anything with it. I can't showcase it. Well, they can't put it on Instagram. <laughs> well, they, yeah. No one wants to see you just laying in bed on Instagram. I know, right? No one wants to see you just stretching. Yeah. You know, right? No one wants to see and you actually that's the crash. boring stuff. Yeah. I know, dude. It's like no yeah. one wants to see you stretching or doing any of that. Yeah, I mean, pers- personally, I watch the people around me, the people that are better than me when they are stretching yeah. or they are prepping. Like I see your preparation, Liam's preparation. Yeah. And that to me, I learned from it. Yep. You, know, you know, you're only going to learn from the environment. Yeah, exactly. That you're like around. it's like a monkey see, monkey do. Yeah. You're only going to get as good as if you're seeing what other people are doing and why are they doing this? So why are they not just getting the barbell and pointing 45 pounds straight away? Mm-hmm. Why are they maybe going to just an empty bar? Or maybe why are they just warming up their glutes and hamstrings first before doing any deadlifting? And it's all these things to build up so they can, first of all, lift better, lift correctly, lift more and lift continuously for long periods of time rather than just, yeah, I put all the way on straight away, I yanked it off the floor. What happened? Yeah, saying like tweaked in my back. I don't know why. It's like, you're not sure why. You just put the weight straight on and lifted straight away. You didn't 
even just get your heart rate up a little bit or anything like this. So it's sort of understanding why we're doing this. It always comes back to like, why, why? No, that makes sense. That makes total sense. Now, here's a question for you. Do you have another point or? Are we that, on four was, or five? I think that was five. No, that was four. That was four? Oh. Yeah, four. All right, so we're waiting on five. <laughs> no, carry on, carry on. No, 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 we're waiting on five. I'll leave, I'll leave this to the oh, end. I'll yeah, leave that yeah, to the yeah, end, man. Yeah. Hey, told me to write down my questions for now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what are we on? It sort of goes back to a little bit of, they sort of, it's like a mixture of everything. A few years back, I went on a, uh, a guy called John Wellborn. So he's an old NFL player. He's the creator of a CrossFit football and power athlete. So he was like a really good speaker, real good strength conditioning coach. And it was talking about the secret squirrel program. Where everyone thinks, or there's people who think, and again, this is again, leans a little bit more to the CrossFit side of things. But in general, like fitness, sort of the secret program where it mixes everything and you get everything at once. So you're going to mix this squat program, this 531 or this like Wendler or program with this Chris Hinshaw endurance program, but you're also going to mix it with this gymnastics program. And also there's an assault bike in like workout that I need to keep doing weekly. So I'm going to put that in my program as well, but I want to do bodybuilding. So I'm going to do some bodybuilding as well in my program. And it's like, can't even breathe. Like how much stuff are you doing in this week? And oh, I'm going to run 5k because of my rest day. I like to run 5k. So if you're doing so much, you're actually doing nothing and you're not actually getting anywhere. You're just spinning your wheels, but you're not actually driving anywhere. You're just, like I say, if anything, you're just going to break down. Yeah. You need to have first or clear set out goals. What are we looking to achieve? Okay. I always think of it like a tree or like what's the closest branches you're to at the moment. So let's say it was getting double unders or you can do single skips. You can get like five double unders, but let's get to 10, 15, 20. Okay. Let's keep working on this. So you can get to 20, 30, 40, 50. And you don't even think about it. It's just, yep, straight away, I'm going, I'm relaxed. I'm doing this. What's the next goal? Okay, handstand walking, handstand holds. Okay, that's the next branch we're going to build and work on. Rather than we're going to do everything all the time, all at once. It's always go, go, go. But you're not actually seeing anything that has any results from this. And if anything, you're just getting burnt out and you're doing like a lot of nothing. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. No, yeah. that totally makes sense. If you lose focus or lose yeah. sight of what you're doing, you're just not going to, you're not, like you said, your wheels are just going to keep spinning. Yeah. You're going to stay in idle the whole time. Yeah. And there's going to be no, no movement forward. Yeah. I mean, it's unfortunate, but people like those programs. <laughs> yeah, people, like those, people want to do sad, that. And know? it's almost there's sort of like a uh, a stigma as like, who's doing the most? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they can yep. show off, like, I, I did all this today. It's cool. What are you going to do tomorrow? Oh, no, I think I'm trashed. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it even now for the next three days because I'm so spent. So that, isn't that where you're supposed to prioritize your goals? Yeah. So kind of be like, this month I should work on this gymnastics move. And then maybe a little further on, this is my goal. Yeah. As opposed to just putting everything I mean, together. Yeah, exactly. Like, let's say like our, our main objective or our main goal is handstand walking. Then we can put more of a focus, more of a shift of focus on. It doesn't mean we lose sight of other stuff. We lose sight of muscle ups or pull ups or toes to bar if it's in a CrossFit setting. Or we don't lose sight of our like benching and deadlifting and strength aspect. Because we want to get our squat up. We still keep them skills. We still keep that that knife sharp that we can still do it, but we're just not doing it as much. So let's say we went from doing it three times a week. We're doing it once or twice just to keep that muscle memory, just to keep ourselves fresh with that movement pattern. Mm -hmm. So we're not completely losing it, but we're not doing it so much because we're going to spend more time on this next one. We're going to work maybe handstand holds, kicking up into positions, thinking about where our weight distribution is in our hands or just a simple handstand hold against the wall more times in a week. So that's where our time's being spent. Our main focus is on that but we're still going to use the other stuff that we've got as well. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool. 
<laughs> no, I, all I can think about. Sorry, I just I like I went I went into the zone of like you yelling at me about like doing crap I wasn't supposed to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like back. Oh, in when the you early just walked stage. in one day, I'm gonna do a muscle up today. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I was like, okay, then like let's see. Didn't you end up hurting yourself as well? No, no, okay, <laughs> no, not really. Not but right. but no, I mean I could totally relate to it in, in baseball. When when I've coached kids, I mean I'm a catcher. That's my bread and butter. And some of the kids, teenagers, adults that I've taught didn't want to do the mundane stuff and work through the process yeah. of actually learning a skill yeah. through the hard work of catching an egg, yeah. you know, so you don't break it. So you have soft. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. And they're like, I don't want to do this, but you're That's not. Like, yeah. I remember when I used to play uh, rugby and I would spend days where I would just go hit a scrum machine, just working on my like speed across the line or my positions in the scrum and thinking about like what my body's doing, where I'm doing it. And it's like, just looking around at empty, like empty five <laughs> rugby fields sometimes thinking, It'll just, just keep going. It'll, just keep, it'll pay off. It'll sometimes, it'll show its case. And lo and behold, I managed to like work up the age ranks, work up the higher levels and played at a real decent level because of these little small little bits that you pull in, the extra hard work and that little bit. Like you say, these little skills and these mundane, boring things do pay off. Which even like the best, like LeBron James is still yeah. doing yeah. what he was doing in high yeah, school. Yeah, like Johnny Wilkinson, when he was playing rugby, for instance, he was at Roper kicking goals. Rain, snow, shine. Even if his like dad had to shine the car lights on the rugby ball in the post, he was there kicking goals, and he's reason he's one of the best. Yeah, that's what makes the biggest yeah. difference, you know, between Definitely. the winners and losers. Yeah, you know? and I think also we learn from our mistakes mm-hmm. as well. Definitely learn. Well, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> but yeah, hopefully you learn from your mistakes you pick up in your past, and as trainers, especially, it's if we have that knowledge and that experience as well, which is a big role to play. Mm-hmm. But you can pass that on to other people, your clients, like, okay, let's not do this. Trust me. It happened to me. I know what you're talking about. Let's go this way. This is what I did instead. I remember that we had like preseason training and we did like so much conditioning and I was just spent. But I was like, you know what we're going to do? Let's put a little bit extra in, you know, let's always do the extra work. So we did sprints to finish off with. And lo and behold, I pulled my hamstring on the second sprint. And it's like, you did enough today. (laughs) I it back in. You were good. (laughs) You didn't need to do that. And it's like, yeah, now I'm out for the next two weeks. I can't play this weekend because I can see that. The mindset was there good, but it wasn't necessarily needed. It should have been, okay, let me rest, let me recover, let me focus on this part rather than more, more, more. I should have dialed it back, stretched out, whatever. And that would have gotten, that would have been the better option. Yeah. So now, what would you describe in terms of, because I want to get into a little bit of the mental toughness of it. You yeah. kind of touched on it right now. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, that's that's when it comes into mental toughness. Yeah, when yeah, you're 100%. willing to do those extra wind sprints yeah. after practice. I mean, you know, I, like that's what separates, I think, the good from the yeah. great. And like I said, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like you said, like you got to work, it's got 50 war balls and you're doing 25 because it sucks. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, you're not going to get where you want to be. So what do you say to your athletes that are like that or that have that mentality? Like you'll have guys like myself where you have to dial me back. Yeah. You know, your job with me is like, okay, I got to pull it back. I got yeah, yeah, yeah. to pull him back. I know he's going to go yeah. zero to a hundred. Yeah. You know, on the job it's getting the that fine balance where you have days where you pull back, but every now and then it's okay, go have fun, like showcase it. You know, and then you're like so satisfied because you're like, yeah, paid off. Look what I just did. Or like, yeah, I smashed it. I feel so happy with my performance because what I've been doing prior to that and that mindset that you have to just go, go, go. When it's the other way around, it's tough. It's definitely tough because you don't want to just like crap on someone's parade and be like, are you really into this? Do you really want to do this? But it's trying to find out people's like, why are you doing this? Yeah. Do you really enjoy this? Do you really want to get there? Or are you just doing it because your friend does it? Because you saw it on Instagram, you thought it looked cool. Do you think it's more predominant here, I would say, throughout the GCC 
and amongst Kuwaitis here, because I'm Kuwaiti. I hang around with the Kuwaiti circles. Yeah. Fortunately for me, there are a lot of Kuwaiti guys that I work out with that have that mental toughness that will push it over yeah, the edge. To that but then from a lot of trainers, I heard, you know, hey, they won't. Yeah, there is. And the, I've had to do that with, with clients yeah. before where I've had to baby them a little bit and, you know, okay, well, if, and it's like, you can push a little bit more. Yeah. You yeah. can add those 10. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Definitely here. It was like, um, two, two lines or like two groups. The ones where it's like, when it gets tough, it gets hard and like the suck starts kicking. You need to like push that a little bit more or go to that darker place and just like head down, grit your teeth and go. They're like, forget this. I'm out. I'm done for today. I'm going home. Like, no way am I going an extra five minutes extra or doing an extra 20 calories. I'm fine. And then there's the other group that is like, let's put a little bit more weight on the bar. 45s? I was thinking five, but yeah. Okay. I can see it. So yeah, there's that hard line of where training and like getting your goals, it's not meant to be easy. Like it's not going to be easy. It's going to be tough. There are going to be times where it sucks, unfortunately, but that is it. That is part of training where you need to get through that, push through that, because then like that boundary that you got through or that area that you had to really work towards will pay off. It will show mm-hmm. later on. Like I saw one of the, uh, a good CrossFit athlete girl was, was asked, like, what do you think of when it gets really hard? Or like, you're doing assault bike sprints, for instance, and you've got 10 of them and you've done seven, eight and you're just spent and you're just like, oh man, two more do it. Like <laughs> I've given everything I've got. And it's like with them extra two, it's like, this is where you level up. Now, this is where this is where it shows now. This is where you're going to get that extra step. And this is where it's going to really pay off. Because we can all just do the five and go home and call it a day. But the extra three, extra four, like hitting what was meant to be done will always pay off. And that consistency like we keep going back to will then pay off for it. I still haven't figured out why the last 10 cal on the, the assault bike, I'll go harder. Like I'll go all out on <laughs> I the think, last But also when you, when you finish the first, it, yeah. the first 40, I'm kind of like, all right, moderate, moderate, moderate. And I'm like, oh my God, now there's I'm 10 going. left. Yeah, I'm just like going at a bad There's also that sense of achievement when you finish up. Yeah. Like you're so pleased or just happy if you even go around shouting about it. But it's almost that inside feeling of, yeah, I gave everything I could today. All right. I definitely put in my all for this workout. And I'm, I'm happy with what I did. And it's that sense of achievement that is also rewarding day in, day out. But uh, they say for the other group who don't want to do that, that's when you need to really just say, take a step back and just think, why are you doing this? Because you don't have to, like you could just say, okay, then maybe this isn't what you want to do. This isn't actually what you thought your goals were. And that's maybe not what we need to program and work towards. Maybe let's take a back step, rethink, reevaluate what we're working towards. And let's, let's go towards that instead. And sometimes that is needed. Well, that's totally understandable. Yeah. Now, should a coach fire a client to save their integrity and their reputation based on what their clients are doing? What's your stance on that? Because I, <laughs> I asked someone else earlier in the week, and I know how I feel about it. Yeah. Like, I've definitely told parents and kids, I'm not coaching your kid anymore. Yeah, 100%. Because you know, like, it's my rep on the line. Exactly. Because, let's, for instance, let's say you're telling that kid to do something. He's messing around, doing something else in your you're training him and he injures himself. What happened? I went to Coach Maddie's class and he injured me. Well, no, he didn't. Yeah. You wasn't listening to what he was saying. You did your own thing and you injured yourself. And also, yeah, like I, I think like if clients first aren't listening or doing what you're doing or you're asking them to do or you're wasting your time. I wasted my time. I could spend my time more valuable with someone that does want to invest in that and I can invest in them and we can work together rather than me just blowing off hot air and not getting anything in reward back and also they're not doing anything and then let's say we've been working together six weeks what have we got to show for it oh nothing oh well it's not him it's me my name goes on the line oh yeah i trained him six weeks i got nothing got nothing in return 
But what happened is, oh, you didn't, you only come twice that once week. You did one session last Friday. No, actually, you wasn't putting in the work, I'm afraid. I was there, but you wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost as if yeah. people think if they just have a coach next yeah. to them, that... Then tick box is ticked. That's it. Yeah, we'll get there no time. But mm-hmm. actually, it's them putting in the work mm-hmm. that's actually going to get them there. That's what they think their magic pill is. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, we you haven't know, got them. You, you know <laughs> what I'm afraid? Mean? Yeah. It's like, if I just have someone standing over my head, that's going to be the solution. It's yeah. not. It's no. what you're doing. Yeah. The other 80% yeah. of the time, you know, that matters. You know, yeah. how many steps you're tracking in the day? Yeah. Are you getting those steps in? Exactly, Are you doing yeah. active recovery? Did you get up during mm-hmm. your lunch break to go for a walk? Or did yeah. you just stay seated? Exactly. 100%. That all pays off. All these little building blocks build the bigger picture that you want to see and get to. And then when you tell your coach, oh, yeah, I was doing sit-ups during my lunch break. He goes, well, do you need your hip flexors to be any tighter? <laughs> <laughs> You can re- redirect that energy somewhere else. Yeah, I know, I know. It turned into you should be stretching, working yeah. on that shoulder mobility, yeah. you know, so, which was pretty cool. I mean, it, that's, I think, one thing that coaches, and I think that should be built into a program from coaches, is building that repertoire between you and the client. Yeah. That's what I always did with the kids or yeah. even with the adults that I coach, especially the older people, they're the hardest. But yeah. the easiest because they do exactly what you say. Yeah. You know, a 50 plus client, they're going to do <laughs> everything to a T. And it's like, it's great because they're like, why can't I do this? Well, because you can't do a full squat. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So speaking of that, now going into some of the questions that I had. Yeah. yeah. And I've, I've asked a couple of trainers earlier this week too, in terms of like assessments, full body assessments, yeah. you know, the functional movement assessment that used to be done a couple of years ago and yeah, was yeah. really popular overhead squat with a PVC squat, pipe yeah, yeah. and all that stuff. Why isn't that being done these days? And should that be rebuilt into programming um, just to set the program out and understand the client's physical limitations? Yeah, definitely. There should be an assessment period or even just a simple questionnaire of what are your limitations? Do you have any injuries? Because I've heard in the class with even class, people come to class and they've been injured, but they won't say anything. And then you finish up the class and what's up? It's like, oh, my shoulder's like, feels worse. What do you mean worse? Oh, I came in with a shoulder impingement. Why didn't you tell me? Like, we could have worked around this. Definitely, there should be some sort of either level screening or assessment or even just questionnaire of like, what's going on? What are we working towards? What limiting factors do you have? If so, are you seeing a physiotherapist? Are you seeing anyone to address these issues anyway? And have they given you anything to do? Because if they've given you rehab exercises or prehab stuff, just because you're working with a coach doesn't mean you just stop that. You either let that coach know so they can build it in or make sure you're doing it right, if that's an area that they can work with as well, then you're going to hopefully get injury-free. Or we can, like you say, overhead squat. If you've got crazy tight shoulders, then and I give you overhead squats in a program, you're like, well, I can't do it. But if you don't tell me this, I don't know, and vice versa. I can't just keep saying, and then how's these overhead squats coming along? Oh, I'm, I'm still with the PVC pipe. Well, I didn't find out, can you do it? What's your shoulders like? What is that assessment like? I'm just giving you, yeah, give it a try. And I've seen in the past where there's guys trying to like overhead squat a kettlebell and it looks one-handed and it looks like the arms bent, the hips are busted out one side, <laughs> what, they're on their toes, they're like falling forward. Can they even do a regular squat, let alone this like such complex movement? And also, do they need to be doing this? Is this actually going to help them for what yeah. they're looking to do? Yeah, screen is definitely something that should be in place more often, 100%, just for their safety of the client as well. I think this brings up the issue of communication. Yeah, 100%. In terms of, it's not just you saying this is the program, but then the client also has to say, not only are these my limitations, but while they're doing a movement, are you feeling it where you're supposed to? Yeah, and this is like, the screen should be how you build your program upon. Mm -hmm. So if you have no idea what the client can or can't do, 
how how do you start? You're just like guessing. Yeah. You're just plucking out of the air rather than, okay, they've got very weak hamstrings. Let's address this. Let's try and build some strength there. They're very tight in the hip flexors. Okay, let's loosen this area up. Let's mm-hmm. address this. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So you brought up a key point. Now, I know what your regime's like being my coach because I watch everything, man. Like even, <laughs> even, even when I look like I'm not paying attention, I'm always paying attention because when you see, when you see the best, you want to be the best. You imitate the best. A lot of the yeah. times, or you try to imitate the best, you know, to what you can. Now, you brought up a good point about prehab and seeing a physiotherapist. Now, what are your tools for recovery? I mean, let's, let's break some of those out here. Let's get some takeaways. And what do you mean, like a, a recovery, an active recovery day? Like in recovery or in general, because you go recovery to, you, work. You, yeah, you go to see a physiotherapist, yes. kind of grease the wheels, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, yeah, just like weekly checkups, just to make sure like what's going on. Is anything like, okay, for me, my, my training volume is probably a little bit higher than others, especially my training volume is probably a little bit higher than normal. It's definitely important to get yourself, I usually go maybe go see a physiotherapist once a week. And like you say, just to grease the wheels just a general checkup to make sure everything's going okay. Like I've had in the past, like shoulder issues and stuff from like rugby and imbalances that I had to work on and fix. So her being a professional, she can help me make sure that first of all, I'm doing it correctly. Cause there was a part where I thought prehab rehab, definitely as I got older, it was like a, it's not a box you just tick. It's sort of like you make sure you're doing it correctly and understand why you're doing it as well. Because you can just, fly for it. Yeah, yeah, perfect. I did all my rehab, prehab work. I did it in five minutes, crashed it out. Did you really spend the time to dial in your position? What's meant to be working? What's meant to be activated? What's actually meant to be using in this position rather than just, yeah, cool. I just did what my physio did and just like ran for it as fast as possible. And so sometimes, and also like now I'm getting to the stage where actually this stuff is actually sometimes more important than the actual other stuff or the other work that you're actually doing. You're getting older, man. Exactly. <laughs> older and wise are trying to be anyway. You get, trying you get to older. Be. Wait until you hit my age. Yeah. Like, I'm still in the I'm not going to do any workout. I, I know, right? It's just, it's all going to be cool rehab, rehab stuff. Yeah. Dude, but when you get, like, back when I was, you know, younger, all right, we didn't have the tools you guys have. My warm-up before was, like, taking my arm, putting it across my chest yeah. and just stretching Cracking the neck. Yeah, that, that was it. You're good, you're good to go. You know, you get your... You plug your tens in, you know, that's or your twenties in. Yeah, yeah. That was your warm ten reps and, and ready to go. <laughs> and then you're gonna go. And then when I when I went to Exos or when yeah. I when I did my certification with them, that's when I learned prehab. And I was like, oh, all right, you know, this is what Coach Franny was trying to tell me, you know, <laughs> ten years ago. You know, and he was sipping beers in the middle of the game, but that's all right. He still knew what he was doing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's definitely uh, like you say, recovery is where you do adapt and build and get stronger from. It's not just always constantly tearing yourself down. You need to repair and recover from all this work. So if you can speed up that recovery from things like sports massage, deep tissue massages, or things are feeling a little bit tight, well, let's get it addressed. Or something's not quite right and the shoulder something's clicking or clunking. Okay, let's not keep guessing it. Why don't we just address it, get someone present, look at it, and then we can work towards that. And if they have given us exercises, they've given us exercises because you've got a weak link or something needs strengthening or position he's working on. That should be like when you start to lean towards, okay, let me get this done first. Then I can start my other stuff. And it's so easy that people put like their rehab and prehab stuff at the end of their workout when they're most fatigued, they're done. They're like, oh man, I just want to like go home. Oh, I just want to go. I got to do that later. Well, when we just put it at the beginning, you spent your time where you're actually fresh, you're thinking straight, you're not like in a sweaty mess or you're not like breathing heavy. And you can actually spend some good quality time working on your shoulders or your ankles or hips, whatever actually needs to be addressed. So like recovery days, like sometimes we'll either go like just movement, just moving around, like taking your body through like full range of motion, spend a little bit of time if there's any like rehab or prehab exercises that you need to do. That's good. 
it's good for the body to still move and work through like full range of motions, stuff I say, rather than just lay flat on the couch and be like, I know I need to rest and recover. <laughs> this is what I'm doing. I'm laying flat. I'm recovering. It's actually better if you do move about a little bit, like go for a long walk, make sure you're moving. So I like to like, I always feel better if I've moved about, done something rather than just had a complete day off and did nothing. I always feel like a little bit, especially a little bit more sluggish. It just takes a little bit longer to get going. Not to say that that complete off day where you do nothing, not say nothing, but that day where you, you don't go to the gym is also key. And also like mentally, it's key to get outside as well and do this stuff. But you can be active through that as well, yeah. which is definitely key. So sign out with it would be important to have a link between your physiotherapist and your coach. 100%. That would be really <laughs> yeah, important. We yeah, had yeah. Ahmed Jalabi. He's a physiotherapist out of Bahrain. He okay. was on the show. He works with Q8 trainer. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yusuf Baksemi, mm-hmm. right? And you know, he was talking about how important it is that he's in constant touch with yeah. him to talk about the athletes. Yeah, yeah. Because it makes a difference. I mean... It makes sense. And yeah. it's sensible for the client, too, to yeah, tell yeah. their coach. Like, 100%. I told you, I was like, all right, this is my physiotherapist. This is what she said. Yeah, yeah. Here's what we got to work on. And, yeah, yeah. Like, let's say you've got your physiotherapist. Okay, okay, for the next two weeks, no overhead work. And I've got pressing on Monday. And also, you're doing, like, snatching on Thursday. And it's like... I'd still and do you it. never, yeah, you still do it. <laughs> I'd still do it. And you know, Terry is like, what? What's and the physio's like? What's happening? Shows they seem worse this week. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's actually happened to me. <laughs> yeah, it's like, come on. Back to you yeah, said that to me a couple times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, well, why? Remember do you the conversation? Like, what was in the program? <laughs> like, Tell me, let me know, and we can either work around it, we can adjust. Like it's not set in stone. So if we do need to take something out and put something new in, or just work around it, we can. And sort of the job of a coach is to do that, is to coach you through. So. Like I say, if you can't do this exercise for whatever reason or there's a limiting factor, let's address it rather than just keep putting it under the carpet, hide it away, and then something really seriously happens. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's totally true, dude. That's a good note to end on, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and hopefully there'll be more work between us and No Magic Pill Programming. Yeah, NMP Programming. Yeah, yeah. We're looking for some like sponsorship or something. We'll speak <laughs> something both, both ways. We can go both ways. <laughs> Partnership yeah. or something. Work, work on something cool, you know, man. But no, thanks for coming back on, dude. Yeah, appreciate it. Awesome. It. Great to be back. Great on. info. I'm sure a lot of people are going to find a lot of good information out of this hopefully, episode. Hopefully. So thanks, man. And thank you, Haya, for jumping in here. Yeah. You are very welcome. Really appreciate it. Thanks for being that. on the show. Oh, pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. You can also find us on Instagram at The Project Kuwait. Thank you, and join us next time.